All right. Uh, welcome to another episode of Book Faces Live, the show where we talk to the faces behind your books. I'm Nathan Van Koops. I'm your host. And today I'm excited to bring you an interview with author Tom Reynolds. Hi, Tom. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks for having me, Nathan. Um, so Tom and I, we met at the Novelist Inc. conference last year. We actually got to, to meet in person and, and hang out, which was fantastic. Yeah, uh, I, I think we met, we were both in a, was it a YA, uh, like a after hours group? Yeah, I think so, trying to learn a little bit more about that and how to how to make that work. Yeah, um, and then we, were, we both realized that we write YA sci-fi and we were like, oh, we should talk to each other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've seen your um, books online fairly often. You have gorgeous covers and I want to say we have the same cover designer. Do you use uh, Damon's Eye? I do. Yeah, so um, I know we run in some similar circles there. Um, for people who are watching, for readers, can you tell us a little bit about um, your books and kind of what people can expect when they pick up a Tom Reynolds story? Uh, so uh, I have three books and a novella slash short novel uh, that just came out. They all take place in the same uh, series. The series is called Meta, which is the name of the first book. And basically it's a uh, YA superhero uh, novel series that follows uh, protagonist Connor Connolly, who um, uh, lives in this world where superheroes did exist, but they haven't uh, for the past 10 years. There was a big climactic battle and after that battle, uh, everybody's powers stop working. Um, and we pick up 10 years later. He is uh, living with his uh, older brother. His parents uh, died in, in that uh, battle, um, at, as far as he knows, as civilians. Uh, okay. We find out later that might not have been the case. Okay. Um, uh, but uh, we pick up on him. Uh, his older brother, who's maybe in his like mid twenties, is his uh, guardian. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's sixteen, and uh, one night he finds uh, a pair of uh, meta bands, which are what the these bracelets kind of that give uh, people superpowers, and he becomes uh, the first superhero that the world's seen in ten years. That's a pretty exciting uh, premise. Thank you. I um. I read the intro uh, myself yesterday. It was reading through it, and it has a lot of. Um, I think people that understand sort of the basic superhero tropes of you know, like Peter Parker, the the under um, the unpopular kid suddenly becoming the superhero and having to figure out his life. Um, you have a lot of those sort of common themes going on. So, what's what do you think resonates with readers about your books? Because they've been very successful. So how do you how have you taken sort of some of those standard superhero tropes and then built on them and, and made them your own? Uh, I mean, I tend to lean into humor a lot in the books. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the protagonist is um, uh, very sarcastic, very self deprecating. Um, he is very aware, uh, much like a Peter Parker, in like mm-hmm. how strange all of this is and how unlikely it is. Okay. Um, so I think that that's uh, definitely an aspect. And I think uh, people like the idea that uh, the world that it's set in is already previously lived in. There kind of was already this age of heroes that uh, mm-hmm. we don't know that much about in the beginning, but 
it's kind of unravels throughout the story. And I've tried to take some, uh, and again, mostly humorous, but kind of like original takes on what would reality be like if, mm-hmm. if this uh, actually happened? How would this affect things like uh, construction workers? Why would somebody hire 30 construction workers when you could have one guy flying up with IVs okay, yeah. uh, all day? So things like that. You know, I try and find interesting uh, things that I haven't seen before in the genre mm-hmm. uh, to, to put into the books to make the world feel a little more lived in. Yeah, that's fantastic. I, I did like kind of the depth of having some history. It reminded me a little bit of you know, The Incredibles or something like that, where it's kind of like you've got this past already there and you're walking into something. You're not starting fresh. I did, I did like that um, feeling of depth. Um, so there's, you said there's three books in the series plus a novella. Is, is the series complete now or, or will there be more books in the future? Uh, there will be more. I'm working on the fourth book now. Uh, but the first three, um, uh, do have an arc of their own. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd always intended on writing more, but those first three, I, you know, that was kind of, uh, the plan from the first book of, you know, the story that I wanted to tell in the second and third book. Uh, so that's kind of why I've taken some time in between uh, and wrote this novella, which is a prequel novella. Um, but, uh, but yeah, they, there will be more books. Okay. I'm, I'm much slower than, uh, than I, I wish I were. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I understand your pain there. Um, you and I are on a similar page of, of production, I think, when it comes to you know, putting stuff out. I'm maybe one a year at this point is what I've been able to manage, but um, it's hard. I know you and I both listen to a lot of author podcasts and hearing all these people putting books out every month, um, but it's it's hard when you're writing certain genres of fiction, I think. Yeah, yeah. I'm always incredibly jealous of, uh, of other people's output uh, and, and continuously trying to... Add, figure out ways to, to be quicker myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, it's slow going. But um, actually, writing is not your, your only gig. You've got a, a very popular uh, podcast already. I actually have two podcasts, right? Can you tell people a little bit about the, the podcast you produce? Sure. Uh, I also am a co-host of a show called The Complete Guide to Everything uh, that's been around for... Uh, about nine years now, which in podcast years is a very long time. Very, yeah, um, go way back. And that was kind of, uh, I guess, like my my introduction to uh, working on the internet and creating uh, content that's primarily consumed on the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a comedy podcast. It's me and uh, my co-host, a good friend of mine, Tim, and. Uh, the conceit originally was that it was uh, a podcast competitor to Wikipedia. So every okay. week there would be a different topic where we would try and outdo Wikipedia. Uh, mm-hmm. But of course, there are often topics that we are not educated on in any way. Uh, yeah. Sometimes we wind up talking about the topic a lot. Sometimes the topic is barely even mentioned. Um mm-hmm. It's a pretty free-flowing show, but uh, yeah. but as I mentioned, it's been around for a long time. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know we've been lucky enough to uh, to get a, a pretty good following for it, especially um, in England, which is very strange for us. But uh, uh, about half of our audience is in England, so that's interesting. Uh, yeah. So I saw, for I saw, the pa- yeah, I saw, I saw you had lots of downloads of every episode. I was looking at your your SoundCloud list, and oh, okay, yeah, very popular. Uh, yeah, and and popular. In England, so for the past uh, maybe like six or seven years, we've been uh, going to England and Scotland and Ireland once a year and doing live shows over there to uh, to uh, ridiculous sized crowds, considering what the show is and what we do. Um, so yeah, it's a lot of fun, uh, and now we're part of uh, the Headgum Network. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a podcast network uh, in LA and Brooklyn. So we go to a nice studio and have an engineer record our nonsense. Uh, it's great. That's fantastic. And you um, you live in Brooklyn, is that correct? Yes. Okay. So um, you're now you're the second Brooklyn guest I've had on the show so far. Oh, really? Yeah. My uh, my narrator Neil is uh, also lives in Brooklyn. So. Um, and of course, you know, because I know two people in Brooklyn, you obviously run into each other all the time, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there's no one else. There's no one else there in that city, right? It's just, yeah, it's um, <laughs> a small town here. <laughs> small town in Brooklyn. Um, so, how, where is your, is your uh, co host also in Brooklyn, or are you guys um, apart? Uh, he actually lives in Queens now, okay. but uh, we record in uh, Williamsburg, um, which is. Conveniently, like a great halfway point between where I am in Brooklyn and where he is in Queens. Uh, so yeah, it is still technically a Brooklyn-based podcast. Okay. So you had a successful podcast with a big following, um, and it's you know it's grown and grown over the years. What inspired you to take the leap into fiction and say, "Hey, I'm I want to write this superhero series." Uh, so actually, a, a couple of fortuitous things um that one of which didn't look uh for only as fortuitous in hindsight uh which was uh i lost my job uh a few years back i love my job i work for a video startup that is uh no longer around um and uh basically i was the beginning of the end uh for that, not me personally, but my being let go. Um, it just kind of came as a shock, came out of nowhere. And, um, you know, I, I immediately looked to jump back into the New York startup world, uh, was interviewing all over the place, had uh, two great lines of interviews going for two great companies that I would have been thrilled to work for, yeah. both both of them were like six-week interview processes. Um, and on the same day, I got calls from both companies telling me, uh, bad news, we're not hiring you. But good news, we're actually not going to hire anyone for this position, we decided. <laughs> so, you know, don't not feel personal. bad. It's not like somebody beat you out for it. And I was like, well, no, it makes me feel worse. Maybe it's just a colossal waste of everyone's time. Um, oh, God. So I... I was just feeling very frustrated by that whole process, so much time put into it, and uh, was not looking forward to jumping back into it, and said, you know what, I've always, always wanted to write a book. I already had the idea for Meta um, that I've been, you know, playing around with uh, nights and weekends. said, you know, let me 
write this. Let me do this. Uh, it, it won't go anywhere, but by the time uh, it's finished, I'll be ready to jump back into uh, you know looking for a startup job. And at least by that point, I won't have to say, oh, I spent the past few weeks watching TV and doing your past few months doing nothing. Right. Yeah. I said, oh, I I wrote a novel. That's always what I wanted to do. That's what I did with my my time away. Um, So that was one thing. And the second uh, was actually uh, uh, our mutual cover artist, Damon. Mm -hmm. Um, I met through the podcast. He was uh, a fan of the podcast. And um, we, I think it was right when we started our Patreon, um, we got a real big donation from him, and I recognized the name. Hmm. Uh, you know, Damon Za is a pretty yeah, <laughs> unique it's name. It's like, this is the guy that does uh, indie covers. I, mm-hmm. I know that name. Um, so I emailed him and told him, oh, I, you know, I recognize you, I love your work, you know, this is something I've been thinking about doing. And he said, well, if you ever finish that book, I'll give you your first cover for free. Wow. Uh, was, and that was uh, just enough of a kick in the pants. Uh, you know, couldn't turn down a free cover. Right, uh, yeah. And it's worth hundreds of dollars, first of all. And they're gorgeous exactly. covers, too. And they, they do amazing work. Exactly. So uh, that was the, the that pushed me over the, the hump there of, all right, you know, I have to do this now. Somebody's offering me uh, this great opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, yeah, the first book did way better than I ever could have imagined, mostly based on that cover. Uh, just such a great looking cover. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, kind of never looked back since then. So you had originally conceived of the one story, and then was it easy to take that into a series, or was it, was it a challenge for you? Or did you already conceive of it as a series to begin with? Um, I had conceived of it as a series. Uh, the first book ends on a, a cliffhanger, a little bit of a cliffhanger, um, that, you know, I got a lot of, uh, hate for, in the uh, but you know, yeah. the good kind of like, when is the next book out? Uh, yeah. I want the next book. That's uh, important. so yeah, I, I don't think I necessarily knew yet that, you know, series is the way to go as a, as an indie author, but, uh, mm-hmm. Uh, I I happen to luck into that. Yeah, definitely paid off. We have a question from uh, Kay. She says, "Tom, you don't have a Brooklyn accent. Where are you from originally?" Uh, I am originally. I whoop, that. As yeah, I went to turn on the Facebook Live, so I could see comments. Uh, <laughs> I am originally from Long Island. Uh, okay. So I'm from about you know an hour east of Brooklyn. Yeah. Enough to be distinctively uh, distinct on the accent, apparently. So Kay, Kay is calling you out there. Um, for everyone else, anyone else who is watching throughout the episode, definitely uh, post up comments, and uh, we will do our best to answer your questions. Or if you want to just let us know that you're watching and where you're watching from, definitely um, say hi in the comments. We always appreciate that. We got questions for Tom. Um, so you all of a sudden had a successful series on your hand. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you said, okay, I did this thing. It was just going to be a, a, you know, a one-off, maybe something to do while I was looking for other work. Then what was the next chapter? Did you just say, okay, I'm just going to dive right into this? And, and how did you make that leap to saying, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm an author now? <clears throat> uh, it was really, 
just based on how well the first book did, uh, the first week it didn't do that well. The first week I was actually pretty disappointed uh, thinking that I would have gotten, you know, based on the podcast, like, all right, well, you know, even 1% of these people, it'd be more biased than this. So I was a little disappointed. Uh, But then the algorithm kicked in and started showing it to people. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, it kind of, uh, it was hard to wrap my head around a little bit um, and trying to quickly figure out like how did how to do this as a business um, I was lucky just from podcasting and from working for mm-hmm. uh, a startup knowing a little bit about marketing and social media marketing and how all that works um, so I had a little bit of a leg up but yeah. uh but yeah, it was pretty much like, uh, you know, well, I guess I'm going to have to get started on the second book right away. Uh, were there elements of your success that you were able to look at and say, okay, based on looking at reviews or things like that, you're saying, okay, I did these things right. These are the things that I need to duplicate in my future books to be successful. Were you able to sort of look at your success in a way that was useful to help you repeat it? Um, I think, you know, I... I paid attention to what people were saying in reviews about what they liked, what characters they liked, what they mm-hmm. liked about those characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and luckily they were, you know, intentional things that I was doing. So mm-hmm. I was able to, uh, double down on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I tried again from doing the, the podcast for so long, I tried to, you know, make myself pretty accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I, I'm trying to remember. I think the first book I did, like, um, uh, free book plates, if people sent me a uh, receipt that they had bought a paperback version of the book, I would mail them a signed book plate that I had, you know, designed with uh, the meta bands on it and everything. Um, cool. So I tried to do little things like that just to kind mm-hmm. of foster that, that small uh, audience in the beginning. What are some ways you're keeping that going? Do you have a Facebook group or ways to, for people to connect with you currently? What can what can readers do if they're interested in your book? Uh, I do have ways to do it. I have not been great about it <laughs> recently, uh, but I, I am on uh, you know Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Twitter tends to be more um, uh, stuff related to the podcast, just mm-hmm. because Twitter is where I've been longer. Uh, whereas Facebook tends to be, uh, more book related stuff. Mm Um, I, you know, also put my email address in all of my books and, you know, invite people, Hey, email me, tell me what you thought about this. Um, and you know, I'm always happy to talk to people, uh, that way. Have you, um, have you considered writing anything outside the superhero genre, or do you, do you see yourself kind of sticking with this series for the in the near future? Uh, they're definitely originally after the third story was wrapped up. I was uh, starting on another story that could have been its own um, series, but uh, boy, I ran into a lot of story troubles writing that book. Yeah. Um, but that is something that I want to go back to. Uh, I definitely want to keep writing within this series, but uh, uh, I have tons of other ideas that, yeah, I'd love to uh, 
uh, get the ball rolling with, uh, you know, I, ideally I'd love to be one of those authors that has two or three different series that mm. are, uh, similar enough that if you like one, you'll like the other, but different enough that, you know, they have a reason to exist. Yeah. I found it's very difficult. I've, I've got the start of another series now, but getting the crossover is, is way harder than I expected. So that's definitely a, a big leap to take. Kay also asks, um, are you going to have a box set? Uh, I do have a box set of the first three, uh, only in ebook form though. It's not a uh, physical box set, unfortunately. Okay. And um, <clears throat> so there is book four in the works. Um, what's what sort of has grown with this world? Are you still are you following the same character the entire time, or is this uh, have you sort of branched out different point of views, or how is that working? Uh, no, it's still, uh, at least the, you know, the main series, it's still, uh, first person, uh, from our, our protagonist's point of view. Uh, the, the novelization, the, uh, novella that just came out, that is, uh, uh, a third person point of view. Okay. Uh, but at least for the main series, I think so much of it hinges on the protagonist's internal monologue that it's... Mm that has to stay. Uh, but, it, you know, it does provide a lot of challenges of, you know, basically we can't see anything that he's not seeing. Yeah, uh, I run into that same problem with my main time travel series. Is also a point of view, first-person perspective, present tense. Um, what, are some ways I, you, what are some ways you found around kind of revealing your villain's intentions that way? Um, you have to find ways to have the villain and the protagonist confronting each other where sometimes in situations where, you know, fists can't be flying right yeah. away. Yeah. Uh, things like that. I mean, you know, I try and stick, stay away from, you know, somebody seeing somebody else on TV, but sometimes yeah. there's uh, no other way around it. At least you're in a genre where the villain having a, a monologue at the end explaining his evil plot is sort of a trope that's already exists in your stories. So maybe exactly. it wouldn't be too bad. Um, but I could see yeah, that. When, when you have an antagonist that's threatening the entire city, yeah. then he's going to go on TV and say, hey, I'm threatening the entire city. So, uh, But that is actually something that uh, in book four, not to give too much away yet, but... Uh, but the the antagonist is somebody that uh, the protagonist is is dealing with alter ego wise on a, on a much more consistent basis, precisely mm. to to try and uh, get around that issue. Yeah, these are, these are the challenge of the first person point of view. <laughs> uh, Sean says downloaded meta limbo book limbo cured for now. That's good. You got a new reader uh, today from Sean. Sean's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. And um, Kay's commenting about you trying to find your box set. Maybe we'll post up a link uh, to Kay's comment later. So if anyone else has questions, if you're looking at things, we can we can uh, come back on after and maybe add some some links to things for you. So we'll we'll help you find that, Kay. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, this is this is great um, chatting to someone else um, who's like I said, writing sort of similar things, and um, it's been fun getting to chat with you in person. Of course, are you going to be um, any live events? coming up this year that people can find you at besides going to England for your, for your podcast? Uh, no, I'll, I'll be in England in September, okay. uh, doing live shows. Um, uh, other than that, no, I, I, uh, I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to go back to Nink this year. Okay. 
Uh, are you going to be there as well? I will be, and I'm trying to talk uh, some more of your uh, fellow superhero writers. Tell me, uh, Alan, who I interviewed previously, and also Todd Hodges, who writes The Never Hero. He's also in your genre. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah. Trying to, trying to talk Todd into coming, so maybe we'll have a whole whole group hanging out this year. That will be fun. That would be great. To, to catch up. Um, can you tell me a little bit about like what your your writing day is like? Because um, you are obviously juggling multiple things as an entrepreneur. Like, when do you do your writing? Um, I used to do a lot of my writing at night. Uh, I think just as the natural, uh, you know, that that was how I started when I uh, had a day job. Um, now I tend to do a lot of it. Not super early in the morning, uh, but I do work out of, um, actually now, uh, at least for the time being, two writing spaces. Okay. Um, one of the great things about living in a gigantic city are that there are things like writing spaces, co-working yeah. spaces. Um, and especially great if you, the, the writing spaces are so, uh, so less expensive than uh, regular, you know, startup co-working spaces. Mm. Um, so I, I work out of, uh, a place in Union Square in Manhattan, uh, but they've now opened a satellite office in Brooklyn. Um, it's great, 24 hours, seven days a week, uh, you can go there and it's very quiet and nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's, that's, what I do to kind of help separate, uh, you know, working from everything else, uh, mm. head in there, uh, every weekday. And, uh, you know, it's also nice being surrounded by other people writing. You don't mm. feel, uh, as lonely. <laughs> have you, um, have you felt more inspired or discouraged with the sort of wave of superhero fandoms of like the MCU and, things that are going on in, um, how have you dealt with, you know, the massive, uh, I guess, what, what, how would you call it? I guess the trend of superheroes, uh, all over the place now. Uh, I mean, I think it's still a good thing. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, uh, every year it seems like, uh, everybody's predicting that superhero fatigue will set in. Uh, but then, you know, every Marvel movie that comes out does better than the last one. So, yeah. Uh, so, so far, I, I think it's a good thing. Uh, I, I think that, uh, you know, I, I would hope that people are going to see those movies and going home on Amazon and looking for other stories. Um, mm -hmm. And especially to have uh, superhero stories that aren't in comic book form mm -hmm. um, is, is still somewhat rare. Okay. Uh, Although it is something that uh, you know, Marvel and DC have uh, jumped on now, uh, and they both have lines of YA superhero uh, prose novels. Uh, so if they're jumping in, then it must be a good sign yeah. <laughs> that, uh, that there's still readers to be found. Yeah, and I think they're definitely still mining you know, all of our generation growing up reading comics. I assume you probably grew up reading comics as well. Um, Absolutely. I feel like I would be remiss if I didn't ask you, so what would be your ideal superpower? Ideal, huh? Um, <sighs> now, there's so many to choose from. It's a tough question. Yeah, I mean, 
I guess flight. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's like a basic answer, but you know, yeah. it just seems like it'd be so much fun. It, it would be a blast. Yeah. Uh, al- although I do have, <laughs> I, I forget which book it's in, but I do have uh, a thing about how flight is useless without super speed and invulnerability. Right, right. so you get shot out of the sky, or you're gonna. Yeah, and if you can only fly at the same speed you can walk, then that's yeah. not going to be much fun either. So yeah, it's a slow drifting float somewhere yeah, like is impressive. <laughs> But I like, I want to say that, you know, in the beginning of your, your book, um, sort of similar to The Incredibles, there's stories of superheroes who have used their metabands improperly and, you know, but instead of being sucked into a jet engine, they were launched into space or uh, things like that. I think that's great that you do deal with the hazards of being a superhero because it's a pretty yeah. dangerous job. Yeah, there, there's a little bit of dark humor in some of it, but yeah, <laughs> and people that didn't... Uh, weren't super powered very long before they met uh, an untimely demise. Yeah. I deal with the same thing with my time travel. It's one of those things like if I'm, if I'm writing time travel as a premise, like you're going to have to take into effect into account all these dangers of like all the different ways you can kill yourself. And I think, yeah, with superpowers, it's gotta be, I I can think the same thing about star Wars, like people having lightsabers, like giving, there's like a whole bunch of little mini Jedi wielding lightsabers in those movies. And I mean, that, why is no one missing limbs? Because somebody is going to be missing a limb. <laughs> yeah, at, at some point there's going to be an accident or two. At least some, you know, scorch marks on their clothes. Or... Yeah, because there's obviously no safety you know, mechanisms on that thing that prevents you from hitting someone because that's what they're for. So, right. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that your books, it sounds like a lot of fun <laughs> that they deal with some of these issues. So, yeah. yeah. I, I, I mean, that those are some of the most fun things to write for me mm-hmm. uh, to just kind of, and, and I'm sure for you uh, it, it's similar that, you know, superhero time travel, there's so many stories told with these tropes. So mm-hmm. it's fun to think about uh, the real world consequences and, and kind of put some of those, I, you know, I think we all have movies that we've watched where you think, well, if they can do that, then why, so it's fun yeah. to kind of address some of that in books. I was just watching um, one of the Star Trek movies just the other day, Star Trek Beyond, but there's always a very convenient like terrain feature or something obstructing their teleporter where they can't just teleport someone. There's some reason why they're in a nebula. or so, There's some interference that always has to happen to block the amazing power of their teleporter because their teleporter basically solves most of their problems. Right. Yeah. So you end up with, um, which Sean left a comment. He says, flight, I would go for tel- teleportation, less air sickness. It's, it's hard to go wrong with teleportation. That's um, true, although actually I have uh, a, uh, a fan sent me an uh, amazing drawing of a scene from my book, yeah. uh, which I happen to have right here, uh, that I'll take off the wall, right. where uh, my protagonist teleported into the bathroom uh, <laughs> and, and wound up with a foot in the toilet. Yeah. Uh, I like it. So you have to be very careful. Yeah, these are the same space issues I deal with my time travel. People get fused into things all the time. And die. Oh yeah, terrible. Big, big problem people don't think about. Yeah, exactly. I like that. That's super cool that you have uh, fan art. That's awesome. Yeah, and it's a cool and it's a cool uh, superhero costume too. Um, what is? Who do you compare your superhero to? Like, if you say he's similar to someone, uh, who do you compare him to? Any other particular heroes? Uh, I mean, power-wise, he's mm-hmm. probably similar to, like, a Superman. Okay. 
Um, a little bit of the first story is kind of based on the idea of what if the Robin to a Batman was actually Superman? What if, mm. uh, you know, instead of Batman mentoring somebody else who didn't have powers, you know, he was mentoring Superman? Um, mm. Because there's a mentor character, Midnight, who is a powerless vigilante, very similar to uh, a Batman or a yeah. Daredevil. Yeah. Well, I guess Daredevil has powers, but um, uh, that's so personality-wise, he's similar to Spider-Man, but mm. power-wise, uh, more of a Superman. His uh, superhero name is Omni, and okay. it's uh, out of the fact that he, you know, he has pretty much every power. Yeah, that's that's really cool. Um, I'm definitely I'm excited to check it out because it's always a lot of fun to play with. I remember um, that he was probably like. Peter from Heroes was probably he ended up with like all the powers. I remember if you watched that TV show back in the day, the, the original. Yeah, show. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then you always have to have a, an even stronger villain, so that's always the challenge of yeah, create a hero that powerful for sure. But um, well, it sounds like a blast. I mean, it sounds like the series is a lot of fun, and um, it looks like you've already got a couple of new readers already from from watching so far today. So. Um, Tom, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show and tell us about your books and uh, your series. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, Nathan. Where's the best place for people to look at, look you up and uh, send you information? Uh, TomReynolds.com has all uh, my stuff. I mean, my email's Tom at TomReynolds.com. It's not hard to figure out. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was noticing that you snagged most of all the Tom Reynolds for being a fairly common name, you've got most of the domains, which is great. Yeah. Yeah, I have uh, Tom Reynolds on Twitter. I do not have Tom Reynolds on Facebook. I am uh, facebook.com slash some Tom Reynolds. Uh, yeah. I couldn't have a, 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 An Australian social media expert got the Facebook Tom Reynolds and tried to trade that for the Twitter one, and uh, I was not interested. <laughs> gotcha. Well, yeah, it's good to have an alter ego somewhere, your Australian version of you, Australian yeah. down, down there. Well, and, and there's another example of, you know, having done the podcast and, and being on the internet for so long. That was a multi-year mm. process to get TomReynolds.com, so oh, I'm sure. I had done it before becoming an author. Yeah, yeah, before the big boom, so mm. veteran, veteran of the internet that you are, so... <laughs> Well, yeah, thank you so much. So, TomReynolds.com, people, go, go check out Tom's books. Uh, we'll post some more links in the uh, comments, and I'm sure people can continue. If you're watching the replay, feel free to comment. We'll try to uh, check back in and, and answer questions as best we can. I'm sure Tom would be happy to do that as well. Absolutely. All right, thank you, Tom, and um, it was great talking to you. You too, thank you. All right, have a good one.